Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to another episode of Maximize Your Influence. It's episode 48. It's after the 4th of July. Kurt and I have both put on a lot of weight, done a lot of boating, which if you've put on a lot of weight, you probably shouldn't be out there boating with your shirt off for everybody to see. Doesn't stop most people, though, does it, Kurt? No, there should be a ban on a few people. Like, whoa, whoa, too much. Like TMI, this would be TMB, too much body. Yeah, <laughs> right. Ooh. Be careful of that one. But no, it's good sun's out, warm weather. Cooked my first rack of ribs, feeling good. I don't know. It was just a good week. How would your week go? Are you feeling good about it? Oh, yeah, fantastic. A lot of time out on the water. We went to the pool. Uh, you celebrated the 4th of July and freedom. I like freedom other than at the swimming pool, like we had alluded to. I just think that <laughs> the government needs to do a better job regulating who can put on a swimsuit. That's like the first time you go to the French Riviera, you're like, whoa, that should be illegal. Cover that yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is a serious concern. We shouldn't, you can't unsee some of this stuff. Yeah. It just burns a hole in your brain. Like, oh, man, that's going to haunt me for years. Uh -huh. What are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. They, they've ate too many ribs, which you say that you had a, a first successful rack of ribs, huh? I did. It was my first rack. And I've always got to, I love ribs. It's just so much work. Yeah. You got to want it with you, ribs. Yeah, the ribs and the smoking and this, you have this ready and the timing and the temperature. Uh, so uh, I like things a little more instant gratification, but it turned out and it was the first thing eaten yeah. on the fourth. So did you do a dry rub or did you sauce them? Did a dry rub and I did the secret ingredient. Which is, or which, can we say that or? Well, I, here it is. You guys sitting down, you rub the thing with mustard, which I hate mustard, by the way. Yeah, and that the the flavor and the smell burns off, but it gives it kind of that more crusty texture. Then you put a little rub on it. So I did a little dry rub. They say it's a secret ingredient. I don't know. It was the first time I tried it. It turned out. Well. I'll vouch for that. I put you, mustard, mustard on mine. Yeah. Do you do the? Oh, see, I thought yeah. I was being Mr. Secretive here, and you already knew the secret <laughs> of life. You well, knew the meaning of life. Before it's very good. It. it draws yeah. the flavor out just right, and you put that rub on after it. I think you did well, and and. You're correct. Most people don't know that. Most people would think that if you put mustard on ribs, that's going to be disgusting. But you've got to do that at first and then smoke them for quite a while. That's well, money. Just, Try it, everybody. I'm just thinking the listeners have learned enough. Let's sign off. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's not on persuade. This is how to persuade your ribs to be more tasty. Mustard. <laughs> yes. When are we going to take the hint and actually do a podcast about food instead? Maybe we should be a food podcasters. <laughs> we probably are, and we just haven't recognized it yet. <laughs> we can go around and taste test all the new fast food restaurants. That's why all the listener mail I get, hey, that sounds like a really good restaurant. Where is that? Nobody asks me about <laughs> persuasion, right? Yeah. They don't want to know about that. Yeah, they just want to know where you got your, your ribeye or your <laughs> pulled pork. I did pulled pork for the 4th of July, and it, I smoked it all night at 225 degrees. And I have these things there called bear paws you know, shred and pull pork. And I stuck those in it when I pulled it out and it just fell right apart. It was delightful. So uh, yeah, very good eating, very good eating. I already want to make it again. And my wife said, we've been eating pulled pork for three days, but I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah, we had Fourth of July leftovers for about three days. We're like, all right, we're done. <laughs> this coming from the guys complaining about people's bathing suits. 
Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got a little work to do. I got to get ready for that half marathon and start running again. We'll, we'll yeah. get there. Yeah, yeah, it's time to get back on the horse and and not eat like you're gonna die in five years of a heart attack. So, well, yeah, we as you could tell, we had a great fourth. It's uh, very hot here, and we hope that you had a great fourth wherever you may be. And and if the fourth is just another regular day for you because you don't live in the United States, we hope you had a good one, anyways. And everyone has a July fourth, whether it has a meeting or not. Uh huh. Exactly. I hope you had a great July fifth too. So (laughs) there we have it. We've got some more information today that we want to cover for you in the never-ending quest to make you an awesome persuader and get everything that you want out of life and be more effective and more wealthy and more happy. So today we will be touching on another aspect of charisma, which is people skills. And we have hit that on personality types and a few other things, but obviously people skills are a big part of charisma. We've met people who do not have people skills. And I would imagine that a a big part of this is dealing with those kinds of people and still acting like you have them. Because when you deal with somebody that doesn't have any people skills, it really kind of takes the desire to be personable out of you, doesn't it? Sucks the life out of you. And that's why I always say that, you know, that annoying person that you don't like rubs you the wrong way. That's funny, but they think they're not. And we always say it could be you because with people skills, you don't know. People are pretending to be nice to you, and they might not like you, so you have to be very careful with that. Yeah. A lot of times there isn't logic to people's skills. I've referred to my four-year-old daughter a few times on the podcast recently because she recently got the memo that she's the middle child, and <laughs> and, and she is putting that into practice and with a vengeance, right? Her favorite thing to do is when we're all leaving the house as a family— is to hold us hostage and have a cow about her shoes or something stupid and hold everything up because she knows that she can because she's going to get to go anyways because the whole family's already packed up. We got to go. And she's going to get all this attention. And, of course, my instinct is to resort you know, from bribery to death threats and go back and forth between them. <laughs> As to you get in the car right now where I'm going to take away all your toys. Or, hey, if you get in the car, do you want a pack of fruit snacks? I mean, I literally get schizophrenic between the two of these because she gets completely irrational. And we learned about her the other day. You know that the book, The Five Languages of Love, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we learned that she is big-time physical touch. And when she gets in these crazy moods like this, I just hold my hands out. She runs up to me and jumps in my arms. I give her a hug, and I just hold her for about two minutes, and then she does whatever I want. It's amazing. That's the people skill that applies to that little four-year-old. And so when you tune into whatever people skills are best with your prospects, you accomplish more in 30 seconds than you would in hours, days, or years of whatever squirrely persuasion tactic you're trying that just aren't working. Well, that's a great point. I mean, you have these children, which genetically are pretty similar but their personalities their styles or people skills what works their love language their motivation language whatever it is it's different and so that's your ability to adapt to them to persuade them how they want to be persuaded and i have a daughter like that too just a hug just a hold just something just gets them to melt gets kind of a reset button almost to where they're willing to listen after you've done that yeah it's crazy you're telling you're basically telling them you're not going to get any of the things that you just complained about none of this is going to go your way but here's a hug 
and everything's all better. <laughs> it's all better. That's so true. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. Bringing, bring hugs back to the workplace. You go to your CEO. Come on. You need a hug? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try it. Try it. Would you like a hug? You look like you're having a bad day. You need yeah. a hug, don't you? <laughs> Works especially well on members of the opposite sex. Try it in <laughs> work. You, you know. Hug there early you and often. More, more lawsuits waiting to happen. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to get into people skills today. We're going to get into a great ninja that I saw. And this ninja would definitely steal the spotlight as far as geekiness goes from you, Kurt. Oh, Uh, thank you. And that is my awkward segue into the article of the week, the geeky article moment brought to us by Kurt. And he will be upended when we get to the ninja later, which, (laughs) yeah, he, he already knows. But let's pretend like he doesn't. All right, well, here's the article from the University of Vienna. Hope you're sitting down. More left handed men are born in the winter. How's that? <laughs> okay. Something about the light and hormones and things, but I'll just stop there. I'm just having fun with you. I don't know what that has to do with persuasion, but it's amazing what they're researching nowadays. So if it would have been left-handed men tend to get angry faster, we could talk about that. But let's move on to the real article, which is interesting, is the way we speak mimics the way we feel. This one's uh, out of Europe, also out of Europe, from Dr. Ralph Rumor. And Darmati Greece. I don't know if I got those names right or the accent right, but I tried. But they felt that the way we articulate vowels, we're going back to our English days here, basically influences our feelings. And so what they did is they, the researchers looked at a question or whether or not the extent to words is linked to their sound. And so what they took a look at are two ones, the long I. So those of you studying English, the long I would be... Oh, smile, ice, shy, fly. And then they looked at the long O, which would be throw, own, both. And so they looked at how often people use these. And this is amazing. This was in the Journal of American Psychological Association, even though the research was done in Europe. Not sure how that works. But in the first experiment, they showed film clips designed to put people in a positive or negative mood and then asked them to make up 10 artificial words and then speak them out loud. And here's the amazing part. They found that the words that contain more I's, the long I's than the O's, they were in a positive mood. But then they were in a negative mood. The test subjects were using more of those long O's. And they did another couple tests too. It was amazing how they could pick just the long I or the long O and the words that people use, how that would affect their feelings and that would affect your ability to persuade and influence them. Kind of an interesting article. I'm big picture, there's some other things we can talk about here, but the way we talk, the way the words we use is a big indicator of our mood, which we know is a big indicator of our ability to influence them. That's interesting because when you said the headline, I thought, well, duh, of course, the words I use are going to mimic the way I feel. I'm expressing how I feel. But you're not referring to verbs or specific language saying i feel sad or i feel happy or stupid or whatever it's actual just word choice that at first glance we would think is not consequential doesn't mean anything but it actually does with the long eyes you're feeling more positive and the long o's you're not feeling as good about things do i have that right you have it right then and they concluded that it would seem that the language that they used after watching these film clips, that the I, like you said, the I sounds, the long I is associated with positive feelings, and they would create those corresponding words and describe more positive circumstances. Now, I think it would be pretty intense to really 
listen to people's vowels and articulation. But it's important to know that mood matters. Obviously, we've talked about that, that when people are in a positive mood, they're easier to influence. But how everything we do, those subconscious triggers, the words we use, our demeanor, our mood, all affect our ability to persuade and influence people. That's pretty amazing. I wonder if somebody will dial it in that specifically. Uh, kind of like, you know, the facial action coding system. What was the name of the guy? That, I can't remember that did that. that... Dr. Ekman. Okay, Dr. Ekman cataloged the thousands of different facial moves that we would make and all the muscles and tied it to specific emotions and got as, about as fine-tuned as one possibly could, I think. You probably even go deeper to these vowels and when you use them and how you use them. That's pretty crazy stuff. And we have to be careful here because sometimes we go too deep. It's just too much to remember. Some people say, well, there's 64 personalities. And if I try to teach those, your just eyes would roll back at your head or... The full facial action coding system, there is so much to learn. It would take you five, ten years to learn it. It would be very beneficial, but sometimes we have to keep it a little more basic. And the basic here is just remember words, how we say words, the articulation affects our feelings, but it also can change the way we feel based on how you're saying it to the person. There you go. That was uh, that was pretty geeky. Good job. <laughs> it was. We went deep. Maybe yeah. a little too deep. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, we had to compensate for the, the talk about overweight swimsuits and, and uh, pork <laughs> products at the beginning. So, well, that was good. Thanks for for getting into that, Kurt. Let's let's move on to what, what we had previously discussed, which is charisma and people skills. We're, we're into, we were talking about core competence as it pertains to charisma earlier, like some of these attributes like confidence and congruence and power, self-discipline. We hit on all that stuff. Now it's the delivery, okay? You're right in the head. You've got all those things that I just mentioned. And now you're sitting in front of somebody. It's time to talk to them and be charismatic and make the sale. That's what we're on now is the actual words coming out of your mouth or your body language and that kind of stuff. And in this case, people skills obviously being super important because we're dealing with people. Uh, we've said this quote a few times on the show. We had Jerry Clark on many episodes ago talking about his uh, color personality profile that he does. And one of Jerry's quotes was that your product is people learn more about people than you know about your product. And I thought that was very wise. So Kurt, what are some of the things that we need to learn when it comes to people skills and being more charismatic? Well, the first thing is remember you have not arrived at your people skills. People skills is one of those things that people, Oh, well, I've heard that before. I know that. Yeah, but are you doing it? Can you connect with anybody? Can you go up to anybody on the street and really develop a relationship with that person? Do you have the ability to do that? You have not arrived at your people skills. In fact, the studies show that 91% of people said people skills are important to business, but then very few of them were actually working on it. Because we know there's a correlation, we've talked about this before, between doctors and lawsuits. The more the doctors liked, the fewer the lawsuits. And the ability to connect with people is critical for charisma, it's critical for leaders, it's critical for influence. And when you look at CEOs, what traits help them get to the top? Okay, these are CEOs. They made it to the top. The majority of these CEOs said hard work, people skills, and leadership ability. And so this is something that we can all take a look at and we can do because the ability to connect with people is critical for charisma. So many times an attempt to gain rapport using people skills is perceived as overeager or trying too hard or insincere or we have the old school of looking around the office looking for something to talk about the fish the trophy the golf clubs 
And most people are trying to get too friendly too fast, but sincere, genuine people skills. When people really sense that you care about them, you want to know about them, you want to help them, you want to serve them, the doors of influence swing right open. And so your ability to work and connect with people tops the list for influence, for charisma, whatever you do. And studies always show this is one of those big skills, but it's also the one we think that we're doing okay, we know how to do it, we've heard it before, we've arrived. Remember, you can get along with people that are like you. That's easy. Anybody can do that. But how do you get along with different people, different personalities, people in different situations? How do you deal with that angry person, that stressful person is important? Because just because there's an explosion of technology doesn't mean we can't communicate. Most people tend to crave it more. They need that personal interaction. They want to talk to you. They want to get to know you. They want to understand you. And you have to be able to do that. That's good to know. So where do we start? You're saying that, yeah, duh, we, we of course can get along well, have people skills with people that are like us. We've all dealt with people, though, that are totally different than us, that it just feels like, I don't know, you know those people where you're like, I don't know if I can get three words out to that guy. <laughs> right. I look at him, I open my mouth, and no matter how hard I try, nothing comes out. <laughs> just... You have flip side, you're like, I don't know if I can get him ever to shut up. Right. Yeah, yeah. right. Right. Two extremes there. I think the first place we need to start, and we've talked about this with influences, those subconscious triggers, is first impressions. You know, the cement dries fast. Can you Heal the first impression that goes the wrong way. Yeah, but it's pretty tough. You might as well do it the right way is really understand the first impression, really coming in and pegging the personality right away, understanding the what's in it for me right away, realizing proxemics or the space or how you're dressed or how you act or the stories you tell, all these things, that first impression, that first 30 seconds, people decide pretty much if they like you, if they trust you, and if they're going to do business with you a lot of times in that first 30 seconds. So you really have to understand first impressions as a big piece of people skills. Okay, good, good. First impressions, we make those. What are some of the top things out there that sabotage a first impression for most persuaders? Oh, it could be anywhere from a smell, too much perfume and cologne's a big complaint. It could be getting too close, moving something on their desk. That's all have to do with proxemics, vomiting, getting too friendly too fast. I think you need to take a deep breath before you talk on the phone or meet somebody and try to do a little more research. Even listening to someone's voicemail is going to tell you a lot about that person. If they're abrupt and to the point, you might know there might be more of a to the point or analytical type personality. If there's music in the background and birds chirping, <laughs> and they say the call is important to them, they might need a little more time to get to know you. So the way they're disorganized, the way they greet you, their voicemail, maybe you've heard it before or listened to it the night before, all these things come into play. Even you know, We spend time even talking about the science of shaking somebody's hand is critical to that first impression. Now back the truck up a moment. We've got a lot of listeners who have been with us for quite a while and when you say, yeah, one of the things that really sabotages first impressions is vomiting, they know exactly what you're talking about. Other people might be listening and haven't heard of us, and they're literally envisioning somebody hurling out their lunch, uh, <laughs> having a horrible first impression. Please clarify what you mean by vomiting in the persuasive atmosphere. Oh, all right. I can't say, hey, go listen to the archives. <laughs> oh, you could. I mean, no, I feel free. <laughs> Vomiting is one of the top complaints with influential people or those who go out and self-living where you come in and list the 17 reasons somebody should do it. You're talking too much. You're saying too much. You're not listening. You're not asking questions. You're just data dumping 
what you think they need, and it's very offensive, it's very condescending, and it disconnects you with the person. Oh, man, does it ever. And so that's why we call it vomiting, is it's, you might as well just go hurl on their desk, right? (laughs) (laughs) Same effect. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Although the literal version would be a little bit more interesting, I think. It would make for a better story, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many times can they say, yeah, the sales guy came in here today and yacked my ear off for a half hour and I sent him back and versus the sales guy came in here and hurled all over my desk. <laughs> <laughs> and if you still got the sale, man, we got a Persuasion Ninja right there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. We'd have to chalk <laughs> that up to the Ninja of the Century. <laughs> okay, so those are, those are some of the things that, that really harm a first impression. Indulge me. We've made the first impression now. The person likes us. They think, oh, what a sharp guy. I'm going to listen to him. Now what? Now where do people skills come in? All the way throughout the presentation, you're connecting. And it can be simple as showing respect to them. And you're like, well, duh. But are you really? When you hear that objection for the 47th time that day, you're going to cut them off. You're going to solve their objection. You're going to answer their questions because you have a great answer. But you've crossed that line to disrespect. It's the first time they've asked that question. It's the first time they've voiced that objection. you got to let them finish out. You have to pause and then let them finish. If you don't, you've crossed the line to respect. Showing respect, too, is not demeaning the competition or making fun of a previous employer or anything like that. That hurts your people skills. Be aware of everyone around you. We both know how people treat the receptionist is critical to people skills. If they're nice to you but mean to the receptionist, if they don't give the receptionist the time of day, and they're trying to be nice to you, there's a disconnect there. And it's almost like you know, everyone around you can help you out in your business and treat everyone the same way. Don't just be nice because you're supposed to be nice. You be nice to everyone. Make it a habit. Be interested in them. You've heard these things. Be helpful, willing to serve. You're there to serve them, to help them, and you sincerely care about them as a human being. And when they sense that, wow, for most people, the doors swing open because very few people can come across with that sincere connection where, hey, you know, I like you. I'm willing to help you. Let's do business together. Yeah, I think it was in a book by Brian Tracy that I read. I I believe it was the book Advanced Selling Strategies that he wrote. And he said that you can tell a lot about somebody by how they treat the busboys of the world. And that really, wow, that's a big pet peeve of mine. If, if somebody's real nice to me, smiling at me, and they're just so dismissive and rude to, to the waitress or the busboy or whoever, you're saying that treat everybody the same, even if somebody's a CEO and another guy's the janitor, that level of respect is a people skill that is, is valuable and is going to pay off. Oh, absolutely. And you know this. How many times have you done a job interview and you weren't quite sure and you went to the receptionist and got their opinion? Yeah, good point. Right, and you always ask, how do they treat you? What do you think? And they tend to know. And when people are receptionists, they tend to be more in tune to those type of things, and they really get a sense for that. And that's a big piece. And really understanding how to connect with everyone. And so the key lesson here I want to just put out there is if you're at the mall, if you're at dinner, it doesn't matter. You don't turn and turn off people's skills. Always have it on. Always treat people with respect. A, you'll be amazed how much better service you get and how much nicer people are to you. But B, it becomes a habit. It's who you are. You're treating everyone the same. You're nice to everyone. You're going to be happier. You're going to be more influential. And you don't have to turn it on and off. Keep the people skill switch on. Yeah, yeah. We used to work with a guy. I don't know if you remember, but he was the kind of guy... (laughs) He had a very interesting set of people skills, okay? If you believe in God, you would say that God only made one of this guy. (laughs) You probably know who I'm talking about. 
but he had probably about 5 to 10% of the population that he could persuade to do anything. No matter how crazy it sounded, he could get them to sign off. And then the rest of the people hated him. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that was the fine line between the two. But he had this people skill. If we, you know, we had a long day at a seminar, we're tired, we're going out to eat, you know, do it at a seminar in Las Vegas or, or LA or, or somewhere busy, Chicago, and it's a two hour wait, he could always go up to the hostess and he'd be up there bull crapping, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> For for five minutes, and he'd come back and go, "Hey, let's go, hurry!" <laughs> and we're getting walked back to a table ahead of a uh, hundred other people. You remember that? He just had that gift for schmoozing with those kind of people, and he was a pro at it. At least that segment of the population. Well, always so funny. I don't know what he would say to these people, but I mean, we could get into those. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on either. If we could expand that to ninety percent or eighty percent of the population, imagine how much more powerful he would have been. That was the problem. We'd always tell him, "Can you just do this with these other people too, instead of turn them into complaints and huge problems?" <laughs> yeah. Give us one more thing before we wrap it up on people skills. That you know, the takeaway that. People can say, all right, in my business this week, I'm going to blank. I'd say big picture part of people's skills that a lot of people don't think about is your ability to praise, show sincere appreciation, give recognition where recognitions do, instill little hope, inspire people. Any of those things that you could do, those are simple things. Those are people skills. When people are around you and they feel like you're sucking the life out of them, that you're pessimistic, that you're negative, that anything they do is not good enough. That's not people skills. But when they're around you and they feel better about themselves and their future, a little praise, a little appreciation, you've shown respect, you know how to make them feel better when they leave. And when they leave after talking to you, they feel better about everything from themselves to the future, to your product, to your service. You have lifted their mood a couple of notches. That's true charisma. That's true people skills. That really is. And naturally charismatic people just do that everywhere they go. People are smiling after after that person leaves. And if you have that mindset of, I'm going to make everybody I come across and have a significant interaction with today, I'm going to make their day better. It's going to be better because I was in it. Imagine the favor capital you will have <laughs> when you need favors and when you need things from people because everybody likes you. You're, you're going to be able to get whatever you want out of life because of it. And that's the role I give anybody in sales, anybody that influences for a living. We know that some will and some won't. We know that, but I don't care. When you talk to somebody face-to-face, over the phone, on the platform, it does not matter. They leave a better person. Whether they buy or not, whether they purchase or not, after you've interacted with them, they leave a better person. They feel better about themselves. That's good stuff. Good for your business and very good, good for, for the your, soul. Yep. Good for your soul, good for your psyche. I agree. That's right. Good. Well, Kurt, cue the ninja. All right, bring on the ninja. There he is, introducing a ninja who is going to be quite unique. We are going to make a panhandler the ninja today. Can you believe that? There <laughs> we go. I think this this guy had a... We've, you've seen those 2020 specials or 60 Minutes or whatever you want to call it, where panhandlers, only a lot of them are fake and... They go home at night to $200,000 houses and, and drive their cars home and things. So, you know, whatever it is, panhandling is the art of sitting on the side of the street and extracting as much money 
as possible, whether you're legitimate or not. <laughs> I think we can agree there. On the 4th of July and Saturday and uh, Sunday, we had a convention in town called FantasyCon. And I told you, Kurt, you would be envying the ninja because FantasyCon, I just refer to it as Dorkfest, but I don't know if that's right. And I probably shouldn't be offending them because they could hack our podcast or something. But this is a, a convention where people who love all kinds of uh, comic book type fantasy, I shouldn't say comic book, but, you know, fantasy cinema and those things, Star Wars, Harry Potter, right? That kind of stuff. They come and they do their thing and most of them, they dress up. So we're at this big high-end shopping mall picking some things up and you're in the store looking around and uh, an elf passes you <laughs> or some guy in a wizard hat passes you or a little troll and it was pretty weird. But outside of this shopping mall on the west side of it, it's not uncommon for a couple of panhandlers to hang out there. And you know they've got their signs of, you know, please help hungry or, or whatever it is. Well, this guy got to give him points for adapting to his audience. His panhandling side said, please help. A Sith Lord killed my family. I am raising money for a new lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> and just walking by him, I saw two or three people give him money just because, you know, he was entertaining. But he adapted, took, you know, what is, you know, it's depressing to come across people in that situation. It kind of sucks the energy out. And uh, he was pretty creative and everybody smiled and was happy to give him money. And I think he did really well. Whether he went back to live under a bridge or drove into the suburbs in his Mercedes, I don't know. But, hey, if he keeps it up like that, uh, maybe he's not going to be doing this much longer. <laughs> I think that's awesome because he adapted. Here he was claiming to be homeless, and he knew who was in town, what the demographics were. He knew about the Star Wars and all these things, and so he really knew his demographics. And I think that's a big part of it. Used a little humor because people at first are like, uh, you know, just like the people don't know. I'm not going to – who pulled up the sign that says, I'm using this money to buy beer. People appreciate. Thank you for the honesty. That tends to get a little bit more money sometimes. So I just think knowing his demographics, using a little humor goes a long way because that is kind of an awkward situation when you go up to a perfect stranger and ask for money. There you go. So he's the Persuasion Ninja of the week. Well done, sir. Uh, Kurt, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up the show for the week? You bet. Along the lines of what we talked about today, I think Teddy Roosevelt said it best, the most important single ingredient in the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. And just like I said earlier, you could be the annoying person. You could be the person that people don't like. A lot of people will just put up with you, and you don't know that you have that connection. So work on these. You have not arrived in your people skills. Work on it this week. Find a perfect stranger and get them to like you. Go to a family gathering. Find someone you don't know. Get them to like you. Because if you could do it in that situation, whether you're a restaurant or at the mall, it becomes natural, and your people skill button is always on. That sounds great. Thanks for that info, everybody. Thank you for listening. Be sure to send us your comments, questions, suggestions, anything else to maximize your influence at gmail.com and subscribe via iTunes. We're available on the Windows Marketplace as well and on Stitcher Radio. And very soon here, we will be releasing a new website that uh, doesn't look, you know, the one we have right now is kind of borderline amateur hour, right? I mean, because yeah. we're, yeah. We're amateur web designers. Crank it up, change it up. Well, that makes the next one look that much better. That's right. It's all a a grand scheme. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Hey, thanks again for listening to the show. We'll catch you next week. See you next week.